Lots of questions, but we'll just never get answers. That's why we have Mr. Tom Korski, managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter, because he gets us answers, right, Tom? I, w- w- I try, Alex. <laughs> I really <laughs> All righty. Lots going on. Um, you guys have been following, obviously, because you're in Ottawa, you're following the Emergencies Act. What, what, what's your big takeaway? I know what my big takeaway so far is. What's your big takeaway from what you've heard so far? I think the big one is there must be extraordinary evidence to support Cabinet's extraordinary claim there was a national emergency. That's a big deal. National public order emergency. That means not a couple of blocks with fireworks and horn honking in downtown Ottawa. National emergency, a national threat to public order. They're not even close, Alex. And in fact, every claim that Cabinet has made has been undercut by evidence. Mm-hmm. I think Cabinet's up against the wall on this one. I I think this could go very horribly awry. And it's interesting to note Cabinet didn't call this inquiry, as you know, out of the goodness of their heart. They didn't have a choice. It's a federal statute. Uh, uh, This could be a widowmaker. I really believe that. This could be a place where political reputations go to die. Maybe. Um, I mean, at least people are paying attention so that when we start to hear from all the uh, MPs in the decision-making process, which will be towards the back end of all the... um, all the, the testimony is, you know, at least people are, are, are finally paying attention. So we may get some accountability. I'm not, I'm not sure accountability, as we've talked about many times, even exists in Ottawa, but we might see some. Uh, fundamental question, though, whether Cabinet broke its own law. And uh, what does that mean? That means they had to have a really extraordinary reason to justify the extraordinary police powers that they brought in uh, last uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, we see even the claim that, well, you know, the neighborhood residents didn't like it with the horn honking and the diesel and these truckers and their ball caps. The city had an agreement with the truckers that was being executed successfully with trucks being withdrawn from city na- uh, streets on the very day cabinet declared a national emergency. Chief of staff to the mayor hilariously took photos of the quietest, prettiest streets you ever saw with the light snow falling and not a garbage can out of place at the exact moment the Prime Minister was declaring national mayhem that required the Emergencies Act. Doesn't add up, Alex? No, it doesn't. And I think we learned a lot from the city manager, Steve uh, Kenalakos, on uh, Monday. Basically, my takeaway is that everyone's pointing the finger at somebody else, but they had no clue what they were doing. There was no management. I mean, Jim Watson's up there testifying now, but it's clear that he did nothing. Uh, They were trusting the police who had no clue what they were doing. Uh, The whole thing is a gong show. It is. What's really interesting, though, is no one knew the Emergencies Act was coming. That's important. No police force, city manager, mayor of the town didn't know. Only cabinet knew. That means no one asked for it. So why did they do it? And it better be something something more profound than what cabinet has come up so far with claims of uh, extraordinary economic damage, disproven, claims that truckers were violent criminals, 100% false, uh, allegations that they had bombs or guns, simply mm-hmm. untrue. It doesn't add up, Alex. No, but again, they're hoping that the politics of this will take over, I think, with whether you liked it uh, or not, um, you know, that will play to the politics of it. But uh, it is it is fascinating what we're learning with. I want to skip into a couple of other things that you guys are working on, because, again, it's it's always you guys get the best headlines. But again, here we go with another longtime Liberal Party donor literally winning the lottery when it comes to this federal contract. This one with the Quebec border crossings that have now become a a thing like they're not going away. 
But the Ethics Committee learns Monday that the federal agency spent $136 million bucks accommodating, accommodating illegal immigrants, including millions paid for contracts and leases to good old party donor Pierre Guy, who's a local businessman. How do you get this deal? It, it, speaking of things that don't <laughs> add up, and you look at this and you say, like, why would anyone tolerate this? Number one, to, to charge the taxpayer 100, almost $140 million to build a welcome center for illegal immigrants. That This is the famous Roxham Road crossing for refugees from Vermont. And guess what? If you build it, they'll come. 99% of illegal, illegal immigration to Canada occurs at that crossing now, where they were bused by the RCMP to a hotel free uh, with breakfast, lunch, and supper. Free. Well, who got the contract for the hotel, the the meals, the uh, leases on the vacant lots for winterized trailers? Well, it just happened to be a local businessman whose family donated $42,000 to the Liberal Party. You say, that, that might go. <laughs> that's a good return on investment, I gotta say, man. <laughs> that's the comment made by Conservative MP Pierre Paul Hus. Talk about literally winning the lottery. The man walks away a millionaire, but the, why are they building this infrastructure for illegal immigrants in the first place when we have this incredibly complicated program to accept 450,000 legal immigrants every year? It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up, but I mean, given you can't get your passport, you can't get anything processed anyway, you can't get through Nexus, I mean, we might as well just let, just let people walk through. You know what was interesting at that hearing, Alex, was to listen to the local businessman, the contractor, Canada Border Services Agency, uh, Department of Public Works, that let these sweetheart contracts. This is a success story. There's nothing to see here. Everything's great. Can you imagine if what would happen if that was if that was at the Detroit River into Essex County? The farmers should be running tractor blockades. I, uh, there's I don't know if this is a Quebec thing, but it's it is controversial in Quebec. God, it, it's like we're not a G7 country sometimes. Well, we are entitled, but you're right. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I think this internal polling is interesting because you know we know that the Trudeau government has been going really big on their. Freeze on handgun sales. I mean, this is something they feel, feel is a, a political winner for them. And yet they did their own in-house polling on this. And people actually, a majority of them questioned how on earth this would help anything. So like most people said, not going to do anything. So they know they don't even have support internally, yet they've gone, you know, uh, gun blazing on this thing. It is also not a survey of gun owners. Most Canadians do not own a gun, and the vast majority do not own a handgun. It doesn't matter. Uh, people in Canada, uh, through hard experience, have come to associate federal gun control programs with extraordinary, exorbitant wastes of money that achieve little. The gun crime you see now in some uh, municipalities like Toronto, Montreal, follows 25 years of really intense regulation of handguns. There is no absence of handgun regulations in this country. It's interesting that people who, as I mentioned, have no dog in this fight, have no ownership of any guns, they are not personally affected, say, you know what, I think you're just wasting money because the gangland uh, criminals, they're going to get their guns, and I don't think they're buying them at the hardware store. No, they're not. They don't have to. They know they can buy them on the streets because they are uh, plentiful. And so I think that's uh, interesting. We'll see how that uh, turns out. Albeit, I think we know the answer. All right, Tom, I'm uh, up against the clock on this one, but we'll chat again Thursday when I know that we'll have, uh, I think, a lot more in the um, 
chest to talk about when it comes to these Emergencies Act. Have a great day. I know you're busy. You too. Thanks, Alex. That is Mr. Tom Korski, who is watching things closely in Ottawa and uh, always gets the goods. It is subscription-based, but they do, in fact, deliver. So that is Blacklock's reporter. A lot of you ask about, who was that? And I say that's Tom Korski over at Blacklock's.